It is 16 July. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Neurostrike 2024. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, let's see here. We got some news from Israel, from Haaretz. Uh, disband Israel's Bar Association. I wish we'd disband ours here in the U.S. too, but uh, the Knesset passed in a preliminary vote, a bill to dismantle the Israel Bar Association and replace it with a politically appointed council. The bill would replace the Bar Association with a lawyer's council, with its head appointed by the justice minister. The Bar Association selects two people named to the Judicial Appointment Committee, whose composition the coalition seeks to alter in its favor. Last month, the election for its leadership saw the candidate backed by opponents of the judicial overhaul overwhelmingly defeating his rival, a supporter of the overhaul. The bill calls for involving the government and lawmakers in appointing the council's chair and most of its members. At the Knesset, Uh, Some guy, I can't pronounce his name, called the association an irrelevant body. Levine said the Bar Association has become an entirely political body. So they're trying to get these lefty agendas out of their government and replace it with something less lefty. And uh, so that's, we'll see where that goes. From Israel today, Israel to purchase a new squadron of stealth fighters in a $3 billion deal. The purchase of 25 additional F-35s from Lockheed Martin would bring Israel's fleet of stealth jets to 75. I don't know how many we have in the U.S., but it can't be many more than that. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant approved the purchase on the recommendation of IDF Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Herzi Halevi. Israel officials will issue an official procurement request to the American F-35 Directorate with the transaction to be formally signed off in the coming months. Other U.S. companies involved in the production include the Connecticut-based Pratt & Whitney for the plane's engines. The defense ministry said the planes were being financed through U.S. military assistance. So even though they're spending $3 billion to buy planes, it's our $3 billion that we give them to buy our planes. So figure that out. Uh, Israel and the U.S. signed a 10-year, $38 billion memorandum of understanding providing a framework for U.S. military assistance back in 2016. We've reported on that every year since then. The assistance primarily comes through the U.S. Foreign Military Financing Program and the DOD's share in the financing of joint projects such as missile defense systems. From Haaretz, Israeli ministers advance bill on imprisoning children under 14 for terror-related manslaughter. I agree with that wholeheartedly. You send your little child off to kill somebody, and he's a terrorist, put him in prison. Under the bill, minors under the age of 14 would be eligible for prison sentences if convicted of homicide or attempted homicide in the course of a terrorist attack. I have no problem with that at all. Times of Israel. Three Israelis arrested in Turkey. Do not try this. Okay, this is my recommendation. This has absolutely nothing to do with prophecy, but it is so funny that I had to read it to you. If you want to see the video, it is well worth watching. Three Israelis arrested in Turkey for trying to break onto a missed flight. 
Yes, an Israeli man and his two sons were arrested in Turkey for an outlandish attempt to get on a plane at Istanbul's international airport. The three travelers missed a flight back to Israel, apparently arriving at the gate after the plane's doors had closed. Not only that, but the plane had backed away from the gate. They broke into the boarding bridge that had led to the plane after the aircraft had moved away and attempted to stop the flight from taking off. They had to jump down from the gate onto the tarmac. Footage showed one of the Israelis jumping out of the bridge onto the runway and approaching the plane, apparently as part of their attempt to halt the flight. They were arrested by security officers and taken to a police station. This guy is literally trying to climb up inside the plane through the wheel well because he missed his flight. It doesn't work that way. Israel's foreign ministry said it was aware of the incident and that the consulate in Istanbul was handling it. Don't try that at home, kids, okay? All right, we got some news from Christianity today. Now, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know his doctrine. He may be a Calvinist for all I know. I don't care. Don't send me. I don't like this guy because I'm just reading an article of something he wrote that I agree with. Okay, so if he's a Calvinist or if he's a whatever, that's fine. That has nothing to do with what I'm reading. Eric Metaxas calls on the church to wake up or face disastrous consequences. Everything is at stake, he says. Now, I've been saying this for years, and every time I say this, somebody emails me or posts and says something like, I'll get to it when we get there, okay? It's just, it is so annoying to have people do this that do not stop and think this far ahead. Does everybody here pay taxes? Does every Christian out there probably pay taxes unless they're, okay, the people that will email will say, I won't do this thing, but they're out there paying taxes. They're also, if they're on Social Security, they are receiving Social Security. They interact in everything except the one thing that they think they shouldn't interact in, which reflects everything else that they do interact in. There are many pastors and Christian leaders being silent in the face of evil today. They're not all consciously working for the devil. They are nonetheless effectively working for the devil. And I say this every time. If you are not supporting this, you are by default supporting this. Because they're unaware that what they're doing is not what God calls his church to do. There are all kinds of figures from history and in the scripture who understand that. My duty is to God, and if that makes me unpopular, if that makes me attacked, who cares? The church's silence on critical issues effectively aids the forces of evil. Now, I'm taking certain things that he said. It's a very long article, so I'm going through parts of what he said. He draws sobering parallels between the modern church and the German church of the 1930s, in which pastors were somehow fooled into buying the idea that we're not supposed to go against the governing authorities. We look at Germany, and it's very easy for us to say, oh, they should have spoken out against the Nazi. But we have pastors today who are effectively not speaking out against the Nazis. The CCP is as wicked as the Nazis ever were, with infinitely greater technology. And the current administration is in the back pocket of the CCP. They are doing satanic things. Uyghur Muslims in China are being murdered for their organs, which can be sold for a lot of money that accrues to the Communist Party. Where is the church on that? How can you not be outraged. 
The cultural zeitgeist and misguided interpretations of biblical principles have led to the belief that the church should remain apolitical. Here's where it steps in with me. Every time we have an election, I say you need to go vote. If you do not vote, you are giving by default your vote to the enemy to the devil. You are doing the devil's work. And I have people come back and they argue every reason why we're not to be involved in politics and blah, 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 blah. These are the weakest Christians on the planet and they are harming themselves and everybody else in the process. If you're watching this and you disagree, don't watch anymore. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. I'm not here for a popularity contest. I don't look at numbers. All I look at is what is going on in the world and our responsibility as responsible citizens of the nations in which we live, all right? An idea he dismissed as nonsensical, which is what Charlie Garrett dismisses it as as well. If you're not willing to vote, then you should not be in the country you're in. Just go over somewhere else. The church must understand its duty to God and not prioritize personal comfort or congregational numbers over speaking the truth. If we wanted numbers, I wouldn't be saying anything I said every single week. I wouldn't be evaluating the Bible the way that we do every week because it's not popular. That doesn't bother me either. I've got part-time jobs. I've got a wife that works for 12 more days after that. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to reevaluate our lives. I'm sorry to say that, but um, we will have to do that. But uh, at this point, things are fine and the Lord will provide. And so I'm going to continue to do what I do. I'm not here for a popularity contest. Imagine if a pastor got up and said, I have no position on slavery. I have no position on legalized racism and apartheid. I have no political position on Jim Crow laws. You wouldn't go to that church. You'd say, what an idiot. What a moral pygmy that he thinks he can be a pastor and not have an opinion on those issues. For every person that's going to get ticked off that you said something, There's another person that's going to say, thank goodness somebody is saying this. I didn't know where to look anymore. Historically, when the church has drifted along with the culture, it has gone dramatically badly. End of article. And that's exactly how I feel. If he teaches bad doctrine in some other area, I'm not reading that. All I know is that he is correct on this issue. If you are unwilling to stand up for what you believe because you're not going to vote, and show that you're a conservative, you are doing the devil's work. That is all there is to it. You are. Do- I, my mother, who just walked in 30 minutes late, raised her fingers and said, amen. So she is forgiven for showing up so late. Actually, it's 45 minutes late because she missed the music too, which was very wonderful today. We had a wonderful duet. I'm just picking on her. She knows that. Um, did I ever tell you that my mother lives closer to this church than anybody else? <laughs> I love Susan Garrett. This is the best mother in the world. To put up with a son like me, goodness. All right, from the times of Israel. This is something that every church should be doing, right? I don't think so. Anglican Church, it's followed suit with the Catholics. Anglican Church of Canada finalizes removal of prayer wishing for conversion of Jews. The decision ratifies a move first announced three years ago to replace the prayer with one calling for reconciliation with the Jews. At the time, the Anglican Bishop of Quebec said the change would help the church acknowledge and repent its participation in anti-Semitism. And it helps to stop singling out Jews as a target for our evangelistic efforts 
Can you imagine that? No. That sounds just like John Hagee. And to assume a humble and reconciliatory stance with our Jewish elders in the faith. We commend the General Synod for this important decision, said Rabbi Adam Stein of Congregation Beth Israel in Vancouver in a statement on behalf of the Canadian Rabbinic Caucus and the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs. If you don't know what I mean by sounds like John Hagee, he is what is called a dual covenantalist. John Hagee says that Jews are saved by observing Moses which no person on this planet has ever been saved by observing Moses. No, no. Only one person has ever properly observed Moses, yes. and that's because he's the one that gave the law to Moses in the first place. He came and he lived it out. He died for the sins of the world, including the sins committed under the Mosaic law. And now they are putting these people totally out of any possibility of being saved by their actions. Authentic interfaith dialogue requires respect said Stein, who presented to church leaders in 2019. Any attempt by one to convert the other is the antithesis of respect. It is exactly 100% the opposite. Those two thoughts are diametrically opposed to each other, and he is wrong. Changing this prayer represents a milestone in Anglican-Jewish relations and invites Anglicans to assume a reconciliatory stance with the Jewish community. How unloving. How unloving. The most unloving thing that I could possibly think of on this planet towards an entire group of people is to not evangelize them. All right. From Now the End Begins. He's got a little website. He puts out all of these articles. He's a King James Onlyist, which ought to tell you that. Um, this is the kind of thing that he, he does constantly. And I'm just going to read you the title. This is what we call unclear thinking. I am going to read it. I want you to tell me what fallacy is being uh, proposed or which is being portrayed when he writes something like this. Hit movie, Sound of Freedom. And hit streaming show, The Chosen, just two of the properties produced by Mormon-owned Angel Studios in Utah. Mormon? Yes. It, they're more, Angel Studios is owned by the Mormons. What is the fallacy that he is putting forth with this? Source fallacy. A genetic fallacy. This, therefore this. This guy was born to this family, and therefore he's a bad person. It doesn't make any difference who made the movie. If the movie is edifying, if it is uplifting, then it doesn't matter. Source fallacies are what most people get involved in. That guy's a Jew, and therefore he must be a good Bible teacher. That guy lives in Israel, and therefore he must be a specialist on everything prophecy. These are source fallacies, and they cause problems. I guarantee you that the guy that wrote that article, which I did not read, by the way, I guarantee you that he watches movies from Hollywood. Right. Yeah. What would you rather promote? A decent movie, yeah. regardless of who made it, or the junk that comes out of Hollywood? Yeah. PJ Media. Ireland proposes no prayer zones. They've got the whole country divided up where you can pray and where you cannot pray. I, I would assume that they leave the Muslim areas out. That would be my guess. I don't know that. No prayer zones. You go into this hospital, you cannot pray in it. Reuters. Divided Church of England to debate blessings for same-sex unions. From the Guardian. Lord's Prayer opening may be problematic, says Archbishop. In his opening address to a meeting of the Church of England's ruling body, the General Synod, Stephen Cottrell 
who is a completely apostate person, dwelt on the words, Our Father. The start of the prayer based on Matthew 6, 9 through 13 and Luke 11, 2 through 4 in the New Testament. I know the word father is problematic for those who experience of earthly fathers has been destructive and abusive. The whole point is that we have a perfect father in heaven, even if our earthly, earthly fathers yeah. have let us down. That's, right. That's the whole point. And for all of us who have labored rather too much from an oppressively patriarchal grip on life. The unreverend Christina Rees, who campaigned for female bishops, said Cottrell had put his finger on an issue that's a really live issue for Christians and has been for many years. She added, the big question is, do we really believe that God believes that male human beings bear his image more fully and accurately than women? The answer is absolutely not. I'm, I got to tell you something. These people have to stand before the Lord. Yes. If they're saved, they're going to stand there and they're going to be embarrassed at the conduct they had. If they're not saved, they are going to face him with many, many blows before they're chucked into the lake of fire. Absolutely vile what's going on in the world today. Okay, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa now, from the BBC. Ah, Taliban order Afghanistan's hair and beauty salons to shut. A vice and virtue ministry spokesman told the BBC businesses had one month to comply when they were first informed of the move. Women's freedoms have steadily shrunk since the Taliban seized power in 2021. I, since they were given the power. They have barred teenage girls and women from classrooms, gyms, and parks, and most recently even banned them from working for the United Nations. The Taliban have also decreed that women should be dressed in a way that only reveals their eyes and must be accompanied by a male relative if they are traveling more than 48 miles. The restrictions have continued despite international condemnation and protests by women as well as activists speaking on their behalf. Shutting beauty salons was part of a wide range of measure imposed by the Taliban when they lost power in 1996 between then and 2001, but they reopened in the years after 2001 and the U.S.-led invasion. Reacting to the new closure, an Afghan woman speaking anonymously told the BBC, the Taliban are taking away the most basic human rights from Afghan women. It seems the Taliban do not have any political plan other than focusing on women's bodies. They are trying to eliminate women at every level of public life. Well, don't get too upset because that's what the Democrat Party has been doing in the nation now for the past five years as well. Actually, it started with Obama and it continues on now. They want to get rid of women in every aspect. That's what they want to do. Well, they're just following their overlords over in the uh, Taliban. Their uh, beauty salons remain open even after the Taliban retook power two years ago following the withdrawal of U.S. forces, but shop windows were often covered up and images of women outside salons were spray-painted to hide their faces. Now they can't have them at all. Breitbart. Military families, this is in the United Kingdom, given just one week to leave their homes to make room for immigrants, migrants. The conservative government of Rishi Sunak has given some military families just a week's notice that they would have to leave their home at a former air base outside the village of Wethersfield in Essex. 
They will be forced to leave so that the base can be converted into a migrant camp as the government continues to try to reduce the six million pound per day bill for accommodating asylum seekers in hotels across the country. The migrant camp is expected to hold up to 1,700 migrants. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but 1,700 migrants at this camp potentially threatening the way of life of the town of Wethersfield, which only has a native population of around 700. So they're outnumbered by a thousand people, raising concerns about the impact on local society. Nick Godley of the campaign group Wethersfield Protest said, I think if you put the thick end of 2,000 people up on the base with no money and with nothing to do, wherever they were, even if they were trainee vicars, I think you could well have problems. It's only human nature. If people get bored, they start looking for something to do. And that's something to do with a proportion of people, whoever they are, may well involve some sort of mischief. Add in that most of them are Muslims. So far this year, over 10,000 illegals have crossed the English Channel, adding to the approximately 100,000 that have broken into Britain over the past three years. So instead of just stopping them, I mean, it's an island. It's not that difficult. You blow up a couple ships, they drown, they won't come again. From Haaretz. Did I mean that? Oh. Haaretz. Mentally Ilan Omar to boycott Israeli president's address to joint sessions of Congress. And then just this morning, I, or last night, I read that several more squad members are also not going to go. You got it. Nobody else seemed to get that, but okay. Uh, now something interesting from Mongolia, from the Watchers. Severe flooding hits Mongolia's capital, Ulaanbaatar, over 128,000 people affected. Heavy rains that began on July 3rd continue to wreak havoc in Ulaanbaatar. The water levels, now this is about seven days ago, maybe six days ago, so I don't know since then. I have seen nothing uh, saying that it's gotten better or whatever, but just wanted to read you what's going on. The water levels remain dangerously high, causing severe flooding. An estimated 128,000 individuals from 31,600 households have been affected by the flood. Media sources reveal that over 20,000 persons have been relocated to safe shelters with urgent requirements for food items and warm clothing. The Mongolian army and emergency officers have been deployed to manage the ongoing flooding, rescue, and relief activities. Their tasks include setting up relief centers, distributing relief items, sanitizing flood water, and protecting flood walls. So they're having a bad time there. Now, going back to what I said about blowing up up a couple of boats and people drowning, okay? We have thousands of people that have died in the southern border in the past year and a half trying to come up here. So that means that our, the person that is in the White House right now has murdered those people. He has allowed this to happen and he is the one responsible for it, in my opinion. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times from the Washington Times. China's military is leading the world in brain neurostrike weapons. China's PLA is developing high-technology weapons designed to disrupt brain functions and influence government leaders or entire populations. The weapons can be used to directly attack or control brains using microwave or other directed energy weapons in handheld guns or larger weapons firing electromagnetic beams. 
The U.S. Commerce Department in December 2021 imposed sanctions on China's Academy of Military Medical Sciences and 11 related entities the department said were using biotechnology processes to support Chinese military end-users and end-users to include purported brain control weaponry. Neurostrike is a military term defined as the engineered targeting of the brains of military personnel or civilians using non-kinetic technology. The goal is to impair thinking, reduce situational awareness, inflict long-term neurological damage, and cloud normal cognitive functions. Neurostrike capabilities are part of the military standard military capabilities and should not be viewed as an unconventional weapon limited to use in extreme circumstances. Likely, areas of use for the weapons include Taiwan, the South China Sea, East China Sea, and the disputed Sino-Indian border. The threat is not limited to the use of microwave weapons. It includes using massively distributed human-computer interfaces to control entire populations as well as a range of weapons designed to cause cognitive damage, something that would not be a problem with the guy in the White House right now. Research is focused on using brain warfare weapons in the near term and possibly during a Chinese military assault on Taiwan, a target for future Chinese military operations that U.S. military leaders have said could be carried out in the next four years. Militarily, brain warfare can be used in what the Pentagon has called China's anti-access area denial military strategy for the Indo-Pacific. Imagine at least partially immunized PLA troops being inserted into a geography where a specific weaponized bacterial strain has been released prior to their entry to prepare the ground and eliminate points of resistance. Any remaining sources of resistance on the ground are then dealt with through Chinese neurostrike weaponry that instill intense fear and or other forms of cognitive incoherence resulting in inaction. Neurostrike experiments have already been deployed in the United States Capitol and have been deemed extremely effective against Joe Biden. Okay, that last sentence was added in by me. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From the Sun Daily. Peru declares health emergency due to spike in, I don't know how you pronounce this, you tried in the past and I don't remember, Julian Barr syndrome cases. Gillian? Okay, whatever. Uh, Peru has declared a health emergency due to it. I can't imagine what would cause this. I mean, I can't even speculate on what would cause this. The Peruvian government declared a 90-day health emergency, a national health emergency due to an unusual increase of these cases, which total 165 with four deaths. The decree published in the official Gazette El Peruano details an action plan which has been drawn up with a budget of $3.3 million with an aim to improve patient care in health facilities, reinforce case control, and prepare informative material for the population and health personnel. Now, if you remember, in the past three years, something was introduced into the United States of America and around the world that I won't say, but it was causing this particular thing. And all of a sudden, they're having a giant spike 
in Peru so that they are declaring a national emergency. I can't imagine what it is that would cause this, but maybe you can guess. From the Gateway Pundit, UFC fighter Anthony Smith reveals he developed blood clot following mRNA COVID vaccine, claims his mother died after Pfizer booster shot. From Brownstone Institute, CDC altered Minnesota death certificates that list a COVID vaccine as a cause of death. From Just the News, CDC admits not including diagnostic codes showing COVID vax as cause on some death certificates. They've admitted it. From Drovers, recent rains didn't put a dent in the Midwest drought. 70% of U.S. corn crop now hit by drought. From Yahoo, the global food crisis is getting so bad that the EU now wants to reconnect a sanctioned Russian bank to the global financial system to keep the grain supply flowing. Under the proposal, initiated by Moscow and brokered by the UN, a new subsidiary of the bank would also be allowed to use SWIFT, the global messaging system, which some Russian banks were banned from using following the country's invasion of Ukraine, per the Financial Times. The proposal to let the Russian bank access the global financial system is the least worst option to secure Putin's support for an extension of the Black Sea Grain deal that expires on July 18th in just two days this year. Two sources told the Financial Times the grain deal was struck in July 2022 to allow Ukraine to continue exporting its food products to the global market amid a food crisis. We'll see where that goes. Morality is declining from Breitbart. Professor's academic paper on gender dysphoria censored by activists. Michael Bailey, a professor of psychology at Northwestern University, explained how activists censored his academic research paper about gender dysphoria in adolescence. Though Bailey has written on a number of controversial topics, from IQ to sexual orientation to pedophilia, he never had a research paper retracted after being published until recently. The topic Rapid Onset Gender Dysphoria, he calls it ROGD, was first described in the literature in 2018 by the physician and researcher Lisa Littman. It is an explanation of the new phenomenon of adolescents, largely girls, with no history of gender dysphoria, suddenly declaring they want to transition to the opposite sex. It has been a highly contentious diagnosis, with some, and I am one, thinking it's an important avenue for scientific inquiry, and others declaring it's a false idea advocated by parents unable to accept they have a transgender child. ROGD theory essentially postulated that social pressures convince vulnerable girls to feel that their general angst stems from an underlying transgender identity, which then causes them to declare themselves transgender. The girls will often desire, and sometimes may receive, drastic medical interventions, including mastectomies and testosterone injections. The evidence seems to suggest that girls in progressive communities, underline that folks, among the same peer group are adopting a transgender identity around the same time. No studies had been conducted on the topic because researchers were often met with considerable backlash. I said this the first time they started introducing this nonsense is that it is social pressure. Yes. That's all it is. These people are not transgender. They are being pressured into it. 
That's exactly what it is. What's that? Yeah, it's a fad. And it's going to affect the rest of their lives. Listen, I remember reporting on this two years ago now is Joan Collins. When she was young, thought, I, I wish I was a boy. And she said, that lasted about 18 minutes, and I'm so glad I'm a woman. Yes. From Blaze, GOP lawmaker proposes requiring, I love this idea, transgender men to register with the Selective Service in case of a military draft. Absolutely. Call yourself a man, off you go. From Justin News, Maine governor expected to sign a bill that allows abortion up to birth. MSN, transabled woman blinded herself at 21 years old. I should have been blind from birth. From the Christian Post, UN report says anti-LGBT religious beliefs are not protected human rights. If you disagree with them, you have no rights in the matter. From the Superior Word News Service, male wins Miss Netherlands 2023, will compete in Miss Universe. Zero Hedge, domestic abuse is a severe crime. British parents could be prosecuted for refusing to pay for transgender treatments. You are now a domestic abuser of your child if you say, I will not pay for you to change your sex. From Superior Word News Service, Beach Boys' Mike Love worries about singing gender-specific song, Surfer Girl. He's worried about going on to stage and singing Surfer Girl. Actually, he's... Uh... I, I understand. I'm just saying that even saying it tells you what's going on in the world. Yeah, they're, they're, they've made a lot of fun of that. Yeah, I know they have. They made fun of it, but that's not the point. Yeah. The point is that he said it because he's getting pressure about it. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Other news, Zero Hedge, something just snapped. Consumers panic search pawn shop near me. The search trend spiked to a record high at the start of July and is an ominous sign the consumer might be pawning items or selling things that were possibly bought during the COVID boom to raise quick money amid the worst inflation storm in a generation. Perhaps Binomics isn't working. Consumers who've endured more than two years of negative real wage growth while depleting savings and racking up record amounts of credit card debt in the highest interest rate in a generation are tapping new lifelines by panic selling items for cash. Zero Hedge. Wisconsin governor raises school funding for 400 years via partial veto. Now, listen to this. I would not have believed that this was a true article if I didn't check it again. Listen to the stupidity of the people. I'm sorry, Wisconsin, you have some really stupid people up there to have allowed this. Listen to this article. Wisconsin's governor put on an exhibition of extreme executive authority that has been explicitly granted to him as he unilaterally amended a law so that it now mandates annual school spending increases for the next four centuries. Under Wisconsin's partial veto, now this is the, what caused this, the partial veto. Under that law, governors can eliminate words and digits in a bill so long as they don't combine multiple sentences to create new sentences. You can take words out of a, okay, now listen to that. The bill that was before Democrat Governor Evers authorized $325 per student annual spending increase for the 2023-24 and 2024-25 school year. 
Evers, himself a former teacher and state school superintendent, slashed the 20 and the hyphen from the 2024-2025, thus making it refer to the year 24-25, if man is still alive. Partial vetoes are rarely overridden in the state, given it requires a two-thirds majority. He was able to take out a word and a hyphen, and the 2020 and 2025 were combined. All the rest was taken out. A subsequent legislature and governor can nix the four-century spending increase plan, but unless they do, it is now the default path for Wisconsin school spending. Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss called Evers' 400-year veto an unprecedented brand new way to blank the taxpayer that was never imagined by a previous governor and certainly wouldn't by anybody who thinks there is a fair process in Wisconsin. The partial veto power forces legislatures to devote extra time and energy to try thwarting the kind of monkey business that Evers pulled. For example, now listen to this. Get this thought. You can delete things out of a sentence, but you can't combine two new sentences. For example, Republicans are now careful to use the word cannot instead of may not, as the latter phrasing allows the government to strike the word not and enact a law that completely inverts the legislature's intent. How stupid to allow something like that in your government. Breitbart. Did anybody read that article? Just me? That's why you listen to this prophecy update. Nicaraguan communists using Biden parole program to get into the U.S. Nicaraguan newspaper La Prensa reported that communists supporting or belonging to the brutal dictatorship of Sandinista leader Daniel Ortega have entered the United States as beneficiaries of the Biden admin's humanitarian parole program. From the Gateway Pundit, Russia confirms BRICS plus nations will launch new joint gold-backed currency to counter U.S. dollar dominance. In an unprecedented move that threatens to redefine the dynamics of international trade and economic stability, the BRICS nations reportedly plan to launch a new trading currency backed by gold at their upcoming summit in August in... Anybody? Johannesburg. The decision marks a bold move away from the U.S. dollar, the world's current probably not for long, global reserve currency. The BRICS group has captured the world's attention with this plan. Over 41 countries have expressed interest in joining the BRICS initiative and adopting the new currency, highlighting the growing discontent with the U.S. dollar's global dominance. According to Russia's foreign ministry, if African nations also show enthusiasm for this gold-backed currency, BRICS membership expansion could be a key discussion point at the upcoming Russia-Africa summit this year. From the Washington Post, Florida ocean temperatures at downright shocking levels. Okay, this is kind of hype, but I want you to know why it's been so hot. Usually it gets down into the 70s at night, but for the past probably 14 or 15 days, it has been above 80. And normally I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and it is 86 or 85 degrees. There's about three or four degree difference between day and night. Here's why. Not only is Florida sizzling in record-crushing heat, but the ocean waters that surround it are scorching as well. The guy at Publix this morning when I went to buy the flowers, 
uh, said that the, or actually a lady, she butted into our conversation. She said that it's 97 degrees in the Gulf right now. So that's why it's so hot. The ocean warmth around the state connected to historically warm oceans worldwide is further intensifying its heat wave and stressing coral reefs with conditions that could end up strengthening hurricanes. Much of Florida is seeing its warmest year on record with temperatures running three to five degrees above normal, while some locations have been setting records since the beginning of the year. The hottest weather has come with an intense heat dome cooking the Sunshine State in recent weeks. The heat dome has made coastal waters extremely warm, including downright shocking temperatures of 92 to 96 degrees in the Keys. That's boiling for them. More typically, it would be in the upper 80s. The temperatures are so high that they are off the scale of the color contours on some weather maps. Well, they have lost their green and purple pens because it's all red now. They're, they're deceiving you with this. I told you that I would get to this. They are using red on everything now to make it look more shocking around the world when, in fact, it's not really red colors they should be using. I, I understand that. That's why I'm reporting this, okay? Calm down. My mother is in a tizzy. The warmth registers as a... Here it is. The warmth registers as a Category 3 out of 5 on NOAA's marine heat wave scale. There you go. All red, and yet it's only a three out of five. That's, I told you this was coming. I need to read the article to give you the truth, okay? At the end of the article, they explain what's going on. Yes, it's very hot. Yes, the temperatures at night are very hot, but I reported on this at least eight months ago, maybe seven months ago. And I said that we're going to have an unusual weather phenomenon, which comes every few years, every certain number of years, called... El Nino. And that's why we're facing this. And all of a sudden, everybody forgets about El Nino. When it gets hot, they start saying it's global warming. It's global warming. When we knew over a half a year ago that El Nino was coming. So my mother's in a tizzy. She needs to let me finish my articles. Okay. Um, The temperatures. Okay, here we are. Yes. NOAA defines a marine heat wave as a period with persistent and unusually warm ocean temperatures. That is true. No problem there, which can have significant impacts on marine life as well as coastal communities and economies. That is true. It's very hot out there. People don't want to go out and walk around at night. They don't want to spend money, whatever. But category three is severe. It's not highly severe or life-threatening. So we're getting half of the story and everything else is buried at the end. When you see these charts that are all red, just go find another chart that isn't all red because they're out there. Okay, mail online. New Dem-backed bill could see California judges to consider a convicted criminal's race in sentencing to rectify racial bias if it's passed into law. You're black. We're not sentencing you the same as that white person. Breitbart. White House racial preferences are an important constitutional right. That's what the White House says. Apparently not because the Supreme Court, which actually has a brain at this point in history, says it's not. Epic Times, except for one of them. I, actually, three of them, but one of them was just completely off. Even her colleagues said this one is crazy. <laughs> Epic Times. Putin met with Wagner Group days after revolt, offered employment options. BBC. This is terrible. I hate to end this way with the last article, but I want you to think about the agenda in the nation of America, because this happens all over the world all the time. BBC, China kindergarten stabbing six dead in Lianjiang. Okay, 
that guy that was up in Philadelphia a week ago, the trans BLM guy, had a AK-47 or a, a you know AR-15, or he had a high-powered rifle. And he went around and he shot a bunch of people, and there were like one dead and four wounded or something. I don't remember the numbers. It wasn't a high number. A knife, six dead, okay? This is an agenda to take away your guns. So when you see that, always remember these articles. There's one where a guy in China stabbed, killed 17 people with a knife, okay? It's not the guns that kills people. It's lunatics, and you can do a lot more. You know, I won't say who or where, but I attend with a person who was a trained police officer for many years, and he knows that we keep certain things to protect us in this church. And this particular person does not carry what we have in this church. He carries a knife because he found that if you are in a closed space like this, and even the distance from here to the door, you are more likely to subdue that person with a knife than you are with a gun. First, when you have a gun, you're not prepared. Your, your heart is racing. You're not ready to aim properly and take the person out. So this is a trained police officer, retired from the police department, that carries a knife in, well, I'll say it, in this church. And if somebody comes in and wants to take us out, that is what he uses. So keep that in mind. Knives are just as lethal and more in many cases. So when people say they want to take away your guns, remember these things. Okay, who said it? The waiting is the hardest part. Tom Petty. He gets it. Tom Petty. Yes, every Christian since Jesus ascended has had to say that in their hearts. But Tom Petty wrote it in a song. The waiting is the hardest part. Okay, I got a lesser here for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he is talking about. There are churches that won't take a stand. If it keeps up, they'll all become banned. You and I have a choice to speak up with our voice and to build on the rock, not on the sand. Okay, got a little irony. I got two of them for you. But before I do, I'd like to remind you that knives are more dangerous than guns quite often. So if you want to protect yourself in a house, and you're in close quarters, have a knife handy, okay? Have your gun handy too. I have no problem with that. But I would recommend that if you are in close quarters, this is a person, they actually went through the demonstrations. They had people come in and they, they trained in this, didn't they? Okay, I'm not saying his name, but you know who I'm talking about now. And he, he uh, they went through all of the contingencies and they found that it is by far better as a defense in close quarters like this. So is that okay that I nodded at you? Okay, he doesn't mind. I just, I didn't want to say his name online, but it's, it's that important where I can verify that I actually heard these words and didn't uh, make it up. All right. What's that? Lunch on Sunday. Lunch on Sunday. What are you saying? Oh, okay. Yeah, I owe him lunch on Sunday. I, I got to buy him lunch or something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, this is somebody's last day of a 1612, 12-day fast, 12 days only drinking water. He does this twice a year. The first time during the year, I think it's 21 days. Is that correct? Anyway, um, uh, so somebody is at the end of their 12-day fast. You want to make yourself really healthy? That's how you do it. It'll take care of a lot of your physical problems, but Charlie Garrett will never do that. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's encouraging. Fasting and carrying a knife. Here we go. From the uh, Times of Israel, 
<sighs> Very ironic. Iran. This was a week ago when France was being uh, all kinds of protests and stuff. Iran calls on France to end violent treatment of protesters. I mean, they've got people swinging from cranes for protesting by the dozens. From the Wall Street Journal, departing CDC director Rachel Walensky warns of politicized science. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.